tuning in to a gospel treasury. On this episode, we will look into the beginning of the New Testament narrative. The story begins with an immediate connection to the Old Testament. There is a sense of continuity and a natural literary transition. We are first told of an announcement about an impending birth of John the Baptist and his role in the coming of the Messiah. The story is written in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. And like last time, feel free to read this part on your own first, prior to continuing this episode. Luke, chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abia. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. We are introduced to an older married couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth, names which mean the Lord has remembered, and an oath of God. Both were descendants of Aaron, which means their eventual son, John the Baptist, could have been a priest in the future. They lived during the reign of an infamous Herod the Great, whose name in my native Ukrainian pronunciation is a borderline curse word, which is ironic as it translates from the Greek as heroic, and the English word hero has its origin here. Zechariah was a priest that belonged to a specific division. The priests originally had 24 divisions that served in the Jerusalem temple on a weekly basis from Sabbath to Sabbath. The list of the divisions can be found in the First Chronicles chapter 24. Zechariah and Elizabeth are characterized as righteous in the sight of God. The Greek original word um, dikai signifies justice, guided by truth, and implies innocence. They are a polar opposite of what the scripture records about some other priestly families. An especially stark example is set in the first book of Samuel about two sons of Eli who were serving as priests with the oversight of their retired father. It is written, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord nor the custom of the priests with the people. For Samuel 2, verses 12 and 13. Now, the righteousness of Zechariah and Elizabeth does not point to a blameless human nature. They were righteous in a similar sense as Abraham, who, it is written, believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Romans chapter 4, verse 3. 
This elderly couple had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. Several other important Bible characters were born of mothers that have been long barren. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Samson, Samuel. Their stories also began with a similar tale of a married couple who had no sons or daughters. This shows the providence of God and His timing. Now verses 8, 9, and 10 in our main text. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. The priests in each division were on duty twice a year for a week at a time. The most basic services consisted of animal offerings that were sacrificed every morning and evening at the bronze altar right before the entrance to the holy place. Then a priest would enter the holy place and burn incense over the burning coals. This also, was, this also was done every morning and evening. We can read about that in Exodus chapter 29 and 13, the instructions on it. Zechariah was tasked to perform a specific role of sprinkling incense on the burning coal. Please note, this was not the most holy place, or also called Holy of Holies. That very special area was just behind the veil where Zechariah served on that day. The incense symbolized the prayers of the entire nation. In Psalm 141 verse 2, King David pleads to God saying, May my prayers be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Our main text also points out that there was an assembly of worshippers who were praying outside. Not all people were careless about the spiritual matters in the land of Judea, despite a general national stagnation that is very heavily pointed out by many preachers. And so as Zechariah was burning the incense, something extraordinary has happened. Verses 11, 12, and 13. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. An angel from the Greek... Agilos means a messenger. In the Bible, they are defined as ministering spirits, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. We read of several types of angels listed in the Bible. They have different ranks, positions, even different sizes and shapes. Later in our text, we read this particular angel is named Gabriel. Is there a reason for Gabriel to stand at the right side of the altar? Why not in the front, or dare not the left side? The right side, or the right hand, is often connected with a special favor. In the Old Testament, we 
read about a patriarch Jacob standing over two of his grandsons, sons of uh, Joseph, placing his right hand on Ephraim, even though Ephraim had an older brother, Manasseh, positioned next to him, who had to settle for his grandfather's left hand. Later, we can observe the descendants of Ephraim being more prominent in the shaping of the history of Israel. Such detail was impossible to overlook for Zechariah the priest. Angel's appearance on the right side signaled a favorable presence, bringing good news. Nonetheless, Zechariah was startled with fear. This was a very common reaction throughout the entire Bible. As I imagine, same would be true today if an angel was to suddenly appear to anyone. Also, Zechariah's fear may have been amplified due to the so-called 400 years of silence. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a gap of around 400 years with no record of God speaking audibly to anyone. We must be careful and should not be quick to say that God literally never spoke to people during this time. We simply don't know that. But it is safe to say that an angel's appearance was highly unexpected. From Gabriel's opening sentence, it may be inferred that Zechariah was praying for a son or possibly for the coming of the Messiah. The next four verses speak to the significance of John the Baptist. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. In this announcement, several future aspects of John's character and ministry are brought to our attention. He will be a joy and delight to Zechariah and to the people. Rejoicing is a major topic in Luke's Gospel. Consider the entirety of chapter 15, for example, which is devoted to rejoicing over finding what was once lost. The wandering sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son. Next, John will be great in the sight of the Lord. Later on, Jesus very plainly spoke that among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, Luke 7.28. What was so great about him? This is explained in the remainder of an angel's announcement. John is never to take wine or other fermented drink. It is not that zero alcohol made John more righteous, but in this case it is a display of sobriety and urgency of his message. He will be filled with Holy Spirit even before he is born, or as most translations read, even from his mother's womb. There are many instances in the Bible where uh, when people were filled with the Spirit of God. Sometimes it was done sporadically or spontaneously accompanied by mighty signs like Samson in the book of Judges. 
Most times it was in order to convey a message from God, which happened through all of the prophets. There are no records of any miraculous signs performed by God through John the Baptist, but he was illuminated and guided by the Holy Spirit continuously. This will result in turning many people to the Lord their God. It will be a fulfillment of what God promised through Malachi in the final declaration of the Old Testament. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. At one point, the actual prophet Elijah prayed to God saying, Answer me, Lord, answer me so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. 1 Kings 18.37 And now God will use John the Baptist for the same mission. God brings up an image of appeasement between hostile family members, an expression of forgiveness and love. This mission now continues through the church. It is written, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5.20 This is the same message that prepares people for the coming of Christ, literally and figuratively. We will observe how John performed this task in the near future episodes. Verses 18, 19, and 20 in our main text. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Then angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. At this point, Gabriel identified himself with a name that means a man of God or God is strength. Angel Gabriel also appeared twice to prophet Daniel in chapters 8 and 9. In our next episode, we will read of his appearance to Mary, mother of Jesus. The identity of Gabriel has suffered much from extra-biblical appearances with lots of infamy. Various denominations label him as a saint. Muslims believe this same Gabriel has appeared to their prophet Muhammad, enabling him to start his own movement. Mormons believe that Noah from the Great Flood and Gabriel are the same person for some reason. The Bible, however, says nothing more about Gabriel's role, with exception that he stands in the presence of God. Zechariah had a hard time believing the report, so a sign was given to him. He was to remain mute until the time John was born. In the Greek, the word for mute is also the same as deaf, so it is very likely that Zechariah was unable to speak and to hear. Zechariah's inability to speak was less of a punishment and more of a sign. Now we will finish the episode with verses 21 through 25. 
Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. We don't know how long the conversation between Zechariah and Gabriel lasted, but people outside took notice. Once Zechariah made it out, people appeared very understanding. This indicates that Zechariah was well esteemed among the people, and it points to those who did care for the work of God. Despite his new condition, Zechariah, he was still able to continue working with his priestly division until the end of the appointed time of service. As the Lord promised, it did not take long for Elizabeth to get pregnant. Luke points out that she hid herself for five months when she found out about this. Such stance is very opposite to the present logic and an expressive Western mindset, but this was a normal manner in the Middle Eastern culture. We may also add that such behavior reflected the attitude of a woman who, who is, as it's written, of a gentle and quiet spirit. 1 Peter 3.4 and so the next event to be discussed going to be the announcement of Jesus' birth, continued in the Gospel of Luke. Peace and blessings to anyone listening. Farewell. 